This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Break through the stagnant energy in paralyzed states of being that can only hinder your development. These are the angst-inducing places and spaces in your existence where you get the feeling there must be more to life and that there's a better way for you to live it, and yet you can't quite figure out what that is or how to get there. Even if you're armed with all the theoretical knowledge in the world, if you don't know how to apply that knowledge in your daily life, what possible good is it? You need practical steps to not only set your intentions for a better life, but also to give you the tools required to live them. Valeria Telles interviews Daniel Mangana, the author of Stepping Beyond Intention, Second Edition. After receiving a late diagnosis of Asperger's and experiencing what can only be described as life-shattering trauma at the age of just 20, Daniel Mangana spent the next seven years struggling to keep these revelations and events from spilling into every area of his life. As a result of his struggles, Daniel built a simple, four-step system called the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Initially built as a lifeline grappling with suicidal thoughts, Beyond Intention was born, transforming Daniel's life from misery to celebration. Through his own struggles, Daniel found a path to lasting joy and purpose, and he wants nothing more than to share the tools that saved his life. To that end, he lives by his mission statement— to spearhead an evolutionary uplift in universal consciousness by awakening people to the importance of their unique role by way of a deep and often ignored or undervalued passion defined as their dream. Through his motivational speech, Daniel shares his vision of empowerment and joy. His books, Do It With Dan, podcast series, which is available on all major platforms, regular blogs, published articles, and worldwide workshops have helped thousands of people across the globe. His prolific work recently earned him a spot in the Wall Street Journal as a master of success. Meet Daniel at dreamwithdan.com. Here is the interview with Daniel Mangana. In your own words, who is Daniel Mangana? I am uh, a crazy guy who is obsessed with more and more people recognizing that abundance is their natural state and their birthright. I am really fanatical about that. I do honestly believe that if more people were just connected to the idea, a lot of the challenges that we face in the world just wouldn't be here anymore. I'm passionate about it. I'm fanatical about it. And I'm committed to empowering people to live more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven lives. And that's me. Do you call this a purpose? 
or you use a different <laughs> a different word. <laughs> so I've got an interesting relationship to the word purpose. Yeah. So I I really I really do believe that words have power and that the titles and names that we give to things do have power. And as a result, I'm I'm very mindful not to fall into commonly held descriptions and definitions of words because I do believe that they actually go somewhere. And so purpose, I think, has become this buzzword that's lost its efficacy. And so I've done my best to really distance myself from it yeah. as a word that I use. It's who I am. If someone wants to say, oh, that's a purpose, then they're welcome to do so. But for me, it's just who I am. Your website, dreamwithden.com. That's another interesting word. What is a dream? How would you describe this idea of living the dream? So for me, when I use the word dream, I really am just looking for a word that really speaks to something bigger than we are, something grander than where we're at, but something that we can still experience. And so my catchphrase, dream with your eyes open, is very much about taking that capacity that we have to experience a dream yeah. and bringing it into something that we do experience outside of the dream state. When we go down you know, the rabbit hole with this, you know, dreaming is something that we we, we discuss as just something that happens with our eyes closed. But when we look at dream yoga, when we look at some of the, the philosophies and the mystics and how they looked at life as a dream, mm, yeah. I believe that there's much less of a, a line between waking dream and sleeping dream. And I'm very, uh, I, I believe that even ideas such as stepping into the natural abundance that I spoke about before have a much better chance of making it out into the world in a general space if more and more of us are connecting to dreams as something that's more within our reach hence dream with your eyes open have those big dreams have those big ideas have those big uh, passions have those big missions have that great purpose but open your eyes and recognize that you can actually live it there's nothing standing between you and that thing apart from your eyes being open instead of closed what gets in the way, Daniel, for us to um, to be able to see that, that we are life itself, abundant. I mean, we have everything that it's in it, but we are life. There is no separation. What drives us? Or what does it take for us to recognize that? It seems like it's a recognition and not, and not an understanding, intellectual understanding. I think it's actually letting go of the uh, attempt to understand it intellectually, intellectually and just allowing it to, to ring through. Yeah. Again, this whole thing of abundance and stuff being our natural state, I'm inviting people to get beyond the mind and get back into the body and get back mm. into the truth that the body seeks to express. Mm. One of my favorite quotes from Michael Singer, who wrote The Surrender Experiment and The Untethered Soul, is you know you're in trouble when your mind is telling you how to get to God. Um. You know you're in trouble when the mind is telling you how to get to God. Mm. The body, the heart, uh, two vehicles through which the soul, the spirit can speak to us have a lot more wisdom to share than the mind which is tainted by our experiences tainted by our traumas tainted by our stories tainted by our environment the heart and the body don't have that right even um, a body full of trauma still has truth in it mm. even the truth of the trauma and the pain that's held within that trauma is available more readily from the body than through the mind i love this idea that that we one day we can see that, that it is a miracle to be in a human body and this is the experience this is it and why not? <laughs> I don't really like the idea of looking for destinations and kind of keep looking for something better than this. What is better than this? I don't see anything that's better than being here now talking to you in this human body. 
But here's the thing, we sometimes are so knocked around by our experience of what's happened to us in the body that we lose sight of what's available to us in the body. So the body can also get in the way of that recognition, right? It can, it can, is it the body or is it the mind's interpretation of what's happening in the body? True. It might be, yeah, I would say the mind, isn't it? It's mm. the mind is really, the brain really. What is the mind? What do, what do you perceive <laughs> to be the mind? Because I only see the brain doing all these things. <laughs> well, the, well the, brain is a t- the brain is a tool for us to engage with the mind and it's a way to trans- translate those signals that we receive from mind into the body. It's a point of connection. We get those electrical impulses and those get translated and turned into this and that. But the brain is just a tool. Mind doesn't exist in the brain because mind doesn't have a physical presence. Right. It has an interpretation in the physical realm of what happens in the non-physical. But all of that happens through the electrical impulses that we see in the brain. Do you have a spiritual belief or spiritual practice, Daniel? Yeah, so I follow something that I call purple brick theory. And people are like, what do you mean purple bricks? Yeah, I never heard well, of that. For me, <laughs> it's, it's a Danism. Yeah. <laughs> it's this, that um, I spent a lot of time, I was raised in a very conservative Christian household, okay? I was raised very, very strictly Christian. But a lot of things didn't really make sense to me. Even little things like, well, if Adam came before Eve, then how can a woman be more genetically complete than a man? It has to be that man came from women. It's materially impossible that that's the case. Even little things like all these little things that didn't make any sense. Okay. And I, I, I asked a lot of questions. And what ended up happening was, is that the pastor would always end up quoting to me a scripture from the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, which says the secret things are of God. So when he couldn't answer my questions, he said, oh, 29, 29, the secret things are of God. Shut up, go away. Mm-hmm. And what that did was it sent me off on a journey to really understand more. So I didn't find out until I was 27 years old that I have Asperger's. So I'm actually on the, autistic, um, on the autistic spectrum. And now knowing that I understand that I needed to make sense of it in order to move, move on from it. So I would actually get stuck without making sense. And what that did was it sent me on a journey to understand more. And so as I actually went on my journey and started to learning to transliterate Arabic and Aramaic and going into the original texts and studying things like the Dead Sea Scrolls and understanding where things came from and going and spending, I spent a whole year, for example, uh, praying five times a day, going to the mosque and doing a Ramadan so I could understand the mentality and the, the perspective of Islam and going to uh, Hindu temples and understanding the whole genealogy of, of their, their religion and going into other ancient religions and understanding it so that I could see what it is that I was being told was not true, that what I'd been raised to believe was true. And what I found was when you strip away all of the stories, when you strip away the blatant manipulations by a man, when you strip away the regional differences and the language differences mm-hmm. and go to the root, everybody's saying the same thing. Right. Everybody's looking at the same brick from a different angle. And so I call it purple brick theory, which allows me to have conversations with my mom and say God and have conversations with my friends that are Muslim and say Allah, to have conversations with my friends that are Baha'i and and be Mm. able to talk with them and be able to respect them and meet them where they're at. Because at the end of the day, we're all looking at the same thing, divine source that expresses itself in different ways so that different people with different stories can connect with it and still feel whole. Mm, yes. Yeah. Wow. That's a beautiful way of navigating this reality. Open. Mm. Yeah. That we can mm. just be open to life without judgment, without that the heaviness that 
comes from storytelling, right? Judgments. So have you mm-hmm. also found that what underlines these ideas of God, Allah, or the divine force, universe, would you call it unconditional love or some form of love? I would say that love is a word that we've used to add meaning to that energy that we feel expressed mm. as love. Ah, Just, I love yeah. that, that catchphrase, God needs, God needs religion. No, religion doesn't need God. No, religion needs God. God doesn't need religion. Right, yeah. <laughs> Got there I have it. heard that one, yeah. God, does, God doesn't need religion. Yeah. But religion does need God in order to function. Does man need religion? I believe that some people do. Some people need that structure in order to have a relationship with the divine. And that's all very well and good. But ultimately, we attach meaning to things in order for us to engage with it. Love doesn't need our words in order to be. It is anyway. It's a divine eternal principle. Mm. But for some Mm. of us, in order to connect with it, engage with it and to relate to it, we do need to put meaning through words. And that's okay, in my opinion. Yes, right, right. So you prefer actually not to use the words, yeah. I usually say unconditional love, but that's because I write about it too. So it's my <laughs> way of communicating that message, I guess. <laughs> We're yeah. trying to. And, and that's fine. We all have our opportunity to do that. We all have the freedom to do that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the words only really matter so as much as the, the feeling that we get from them. Mm. If we're moved by it, then use it. If you're not moved by it, find something that does move you because the energy, the vibrational flow that we experience is ultimately what's going to lead to any shifts or changes in our reality. And with that in mind, what do you think is the purpose or why? I wanted to ask this question differently, but I guess I have to go back to basics. <laughs> what, do you th- <laughs> what do you think the purpose of the human experience is? To live. Mm. I think we overcomplicate it with more than that is to live. Why does it need to be more complicated than that? When we look at infinite possibility, we look at uh, everything's really existing in the now, when we look at free will, when we look at all of these things, why do we feel that there has to be one singular thing that we're here to do other than living and having the experience of living? Isn't that magical enough? Ah, yes, absolutely. I love your wisdom or the wisdom that flows through you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't own it. <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody does, right? <laughs> yeah. In a way, nobody, there's nobody here. I, that fascinates me. What amazes whatever you're speaking that um, there's nobody anywhere. Just life living, as you said, there's just life that does what it does. Ah. I love that, those ideas. And I use the word love, it might be because that word resonates. It has this vibration, this energetic resonance. Do you believe or do you feel that we have a choice, that there is such a thing as free will and choice? So this is one of those hotly debated things that we all, you know, a lot of us claim to have. Oh, I know the the truth of this, you know, Mm -hmm. this and that. But ultimately, I I believe that this is one of those questions that's only going to really be fully answered when we finish with the human experience. I was speaking to a friend of mine. We've just started doing a like a live stream every Friday on uh, on LinkedIn, where we're having what we call disruptive conversations, disruptive discussions. <laughs> yeah. And we this came up today, and I was like, well, h- how do we know? We're not going to know until we finish with the human experience. So why are we going to use up time that we know is limited here in the human experience, mm. debating or obsessing over something that we literally cannot know the full truth of until we've completed the human experience? Mm. I'd like to believe, based on the evidence that's been presented of what the divine is, that it's not tyrannical, 
that we do actually have free will. I actually love to think of humans as actually the agents of adding more of the omniscience of the divine back onto itself through the experiences that we have. As we separate from source and go out and have these experiences, we're actually adding to the omniscience of the divine mm. through our experiences. That feels good to me. And I've heard different philosophies such as, you know, your steps were ordered before the world was framed. But then one of the modalities that I'm actually a certified instructor in is something called reality transurfing. And in reality transurfing, the way that it's actually described is there are an infinite number of predetermined paths, but we're not tied to any one of those paths. We can move between those paths at will. And that feels to me to be a beautiful amalgamation of these two ideas that, yes, there are predetermined paths. And they're called scripts and reality transurfing, but I'm not tied to any one of them. And actually, consciously or unconsciously, I'm even choosing which one of them I actually end up with in the first place. That sounds like freedom to me. I mean, if, if there's such a thing as freedom too. And what I see, what it seems to me that's happening is conditionings. The body and the mind, they are conditioned, to, I mean, through so many experiences. And we have been brought up, exposures and influences that um, we do what the body and the mind's conditioned to do. Uh, so in that sense, there's no free will. We are just actually expressing life itself through everything that it has been exposed there to. There is some science to back that. There is some science to back that. There's some science to back that what we think is free will isn't the case because there's actually a whole processing that we think that we're doing that we're not doing. There's actually yeah. some science to that. Yeah. But again, what leads to that programming? What leads to those processes that are happening on, on autopilot? Do we have the opportunity to change those processes? When we look at the whole idea of neuroplasticity and everything that they're looking at neurologic uh, neuroscience, then yes, we can actually change our unconscious habits and behaviors. But ultimately, we are tied to what those unconscious habits and behaviors are. But when you say end of life, what do you mean by that, Daniel? Do you believe in reincarnation and mind continuation? I think that it's highly possible and even probable. But again, I'm not going to know because I haven't popped my cogs yet yeah, yeah. <laughs> in, in, with conscious awareness. And this is actually the conversation that me and Deepa were having this morning, that I don't know what happens when we die. People have said that they know. People have claimed that they've channeled information from infinite wisdom. And I've got friends that are channels. And I do feel the energy of what they're communicating, but I don't know. But I'm open to it being either one. And I'm excited to see the way that it works out. And none of those positions actually take away from me enjoying this experience that we call life and living it up as fully as possible on a daily basis. Daily basis. It might be that we as humans, we're very afraid, I would say, or maybe there are insecurities about this whole living the way you describe, just enjoying living, just being here now and uh, enjoying this. So there's a lot of uh, insecurities behind that because that sounds like the unknown, you know, traveling the unknown. We strive to know. That's what creates the whole sense of being safe. Yeah, security, right? definitely. Yeah, right, right. But there's this false notion, and this is one of the things I think has been uncovered really deeply by the pandemic, that people thought, oh, yeah. I'm going to spend the next 20 years working at this job and that, then I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm right. going to do this. Then you get to the other side of it and you realize... Oh, God, <laughs> I didn't actually have that control that I thought I did. I don't actually have that dominion over that that I thought I did. I think one of the things that's been most powerful is people coming to realize that what we thought we had control over, we don't. Yeah. And that's okay because there are things that we do have dominance or agency over and we can, we can play with those things instead. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
What is true power to you, Daniel? What comes to mind? I think true power is an expression of our divine nature. It's not something that has a, a cap on it. It's not something that has a, con, uh, a limit to it. Aside from the limitations that we place on ourselves by not owning the truth of our divine essence, our divine power. And that's interesting. Every time you say that, the true power, um, the divine nature, that makes me think about love. It always it goes back to love for some reason for me. And I know so many people resonate with that too. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. And I think more people that have, more people that take the time to just connect with what they actually hold as that truth, yeah. then you'll have more people actually living a more fulfilled and abundant and joyful and purpose-driven life. But we spend so much time chasing after what other people yeah. have told us we're supposed to be doing, the words that other people have told us that we're supposed to be living. Right. You should be using the word God. You should be using the word that instead of, oh, this is what works for me and I'm going to step into that holding and uh, holy and completely. So you wrote the book, Stepping Beyond Intention. Talk to me about the main inspiration and the intention of writing your book. So for me, um, I came through a a pretty interesting (laughs) series of experiences and course of experiences that led me to to come to a place where I really had a new honoring for life. Um, Having Asperger's, I needed a system that would allow me to actually be able to connect and engage with that. Yeah. What I ended up doing was going back and backtracking what my journey was. So to add some context, I made and lost two multi-million pound fortunes by the age of 23 years old. And um, upon the losing of the everything the second time, I really had a very dark relationship to that loss. Looking back now, I understand it's because so much of my identity was tied up with things I had this obsession over what other people, places and things had to say about who I was without my success. And in in fact, who I was in the face of being humbled by my failures. And I got to the point where I wanted to take my own life. And the only reason why I didn't is because I had such little self-belief that I thought I would fail. And so the only reason why I didn't commit suicide at the time or even attempt is because I didn't want to fail at something else. And clawing my way back from that whole experience rebuilding my self-confidence rebuilding my relationship to self rebuilding my relationship of trust and manifestation and the power of divine agency in our creation i documented in that book stepping beyond intention which culminated in the four-step process that i roughly went through on that journey which i now share with people with my podcast my writing in magazines like entrepreneur fast company and other magazines and uh, speaking around the world doing workshops and so on How do you define success these days, Daniel? What is to be successful to you? For me, successful now is getting to the outcome that I've set for myself. But more importantly, being conscious in my relationship to what the the end result I've chosen for myself. So it's not just getting what I want, but really wanting what I get because I was Mm. consciously related to the choice of what I went for in the first place. Would you be able to disclose the four-step system um, called Beyond Intention Paradigm? Thank you. Sure. The four steps are really straightforward and each one of them has. So, you know, when we go deep with people, we've actually got seven levels that we delve into with each of these. But initially, there's just four different ideas that we invite people to look at that will start to shift their approach to how we look at reality. So first and foremost, Beyond Intention really invites us to remember that ultimately an intention is disrupting whatever our conscious programs are, that program that we're running on. So if we want to interject and create a shift, then we first and foremost need to actually own the power that we have to make that shift. 
So step one is accept. Accept that I am the author and creator of my life and everything that's shown up. It's a radical acceptance and it's something that we step into over time, not something that we seek to jump in all at once. Mm. Once we've done that, then we want to look at where is the only place that we can actually apply that power that we've stepped into. And the only place that we can apply the power to actually create is somewhere that is real. And that's now. So unless we're in the present moment, we're not even in a place where we can do anything with that power. So step two, clear, is about letting go of the past and the future and coming back to the present moment. Step three, we recognize that actually creation is really a byproduct of expectation calling in a manifestation into physical form. When we look at science that's been looking at the, the, natu- the byproducts of the double split experiment that show the power of obse- the observer effect, you know, reality is energy that only takes shape according to expectation. And when we expect something positively through gratitude, we can actually call it from non-form into form and make it be a part of our lives, whether that's health, mm. whether it's love, wink, wink, whether it's abundance, whether it's finding our, our, our passion, uh, whatever it is, we can call anything into form that way. Step four, I think, is one of the most powerful and, and imperative steps. And, and that's recognizing that I'm human. I'm not going to be switched on all the time. I'm not going to get it right every day. I'm not going to be up my spiral every day. I'm not going to be grateful every day. Some days I'm going to want to be a butthole. Sometimes I'm, I'm going to lose my temper. I'm not going to be want to eat mocha choker, vegan, dubri, watsi every day. Sometimes I'm going to want something. I'm going to want a donut. And that's okay because we're human. So listening into how we're feeling, what we're thinking, thinking and feeling with awareness. Step four, listen so that I can have compassion with myself, course correct, get back into gratitude, get back into expansion and get back into creating the life that I deserve. And that's beyond intention. What is the fact of feelings? You say what is to reach into the potency of words by evoking effective feelings. Would gratitude be one of those feelings? A hundred percent. Gratitude's got a really deep collective agreement, especially in the past few years as mindfulness has gotten a lot more popular. A lot more people are understanding the power of gratitude. And so there's a lot more strength behind bringing that word into our experience, much like love. So many people have a resonance with the word love, that it has more power that we can tap into and access. So I think that's really wonderful. What is the flow funnel, Daniel? It, it, it's one of the principles that we speak about in the book, Step and Beyond Intention, but also my book, Money Game, as well, when we're looking at the manifestation of money. Um, all of it really, it, all it really is, is distilling a lot of ancient wisdom into a very simple process that we can understand. And that's recognizing the ancient truth that's embodied in the whole idea of mind, body, and soul, mental, spiritual, and physical. All of these things that looks at the fact that we as humans don't operate on just one level. We are a physical body moving through time and space, yes, but we're also a mind. We also have a spirit and energy and emotional field, and all of these make up who we are. So what the flow funnel does is gives us a very easy to follow reminder of everything that shows up in my life is a result of something that's aligned with what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking and what I'm doing. And when I bring those into alignment with a specific intention, a specific goal, a specific objective, I'm going to be deeply supported and actually bring it into manifestation. Does it have, your work, does it have any influence, has been influenced by the law of attraction or this is something completely different? Well, the thing is that the law of attraction is something that started coming out around 2008, 2009. Yeah. I've been reading and studying all this content since I was 15 or 16 years old. Oh. So I've been in this stuff for about 20, 21 years. So the law of attraction actually came in the middle of my journey. And when I looked at the law of attraction, I was like, well, this is kind of half the story there's more to this but i love that things like the secret and a lot of the popularization of these ideas has really 
given humanity the opportunity to step into a new level of evolution because more people are open to these ideas. But I do invite people to look a bit deeper because there was a lot more to it. As I mentioned off record, one of the talking points in the, the materials that I read on your work, it mentioned stop meditating, how mindfulness <laughs> is sabotaging your success. So that <laughs> caught my attention. <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. I just did a television interview um, for an NBC syndicated station just Monday of the time I was recording this. And I've actually been booked for another one, a CBS station uh, in September to talk about the same thing. And really, it goes back to the flow funnel. Meditation is principally associated with one aspect of us, the spirit, the energy, the emotion. If we stop there and don't continue taking care of the rest of it, then we've wasted the opportunity to create something new. We're not just one dimensional. You can meditate where you want, but if you don't believe it's possible, your mind will shut you off from experiencing it. It doesn't matter how much you believe it, you're meditating or praying or put on your vision board. If you're not in time and space positioned to receive the physical manifestation of it, then you're not going to get it. And so stop meditating is really a battle cry to stop leaving the rest of the work on the table and to move on from meditation and take care of everything else also. Yeah, the last questions I have, those are ending questions. But before that, would you like to add anything or read a passage in your book? Uh, I really just to invite people just to take one thing away from this episode. I know that you put out some amazing episodes all the time. and I'd love to just encourage your listeners, just don't allow yourself to be overwhelmed by everything. Just take one thing away that you actually do something with. Over the next few days, look at one of these things that you can do. Maybe it's looking at moving beyond just meditation. Maybe it's looking at developing your own conscious relationship to what you call the divine. Maybe it's just bringing a little bit more gratitude into your experience so you can start to develop more positive expectation. Just find one thing and do something with it. What is another word for life? Ooh, being. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing, leaving the body, would you make any change or do anything in a different way? I really do live life on my own terms. So I can't say that I would. I definitely probably leave more wisdom for my son. He's only eight months old. Yeah. I probably leave a bit more wisdom for him to follow, but that's about it. Yeah, I love to hear that answer every time. Um, I wouldn't change much, right? And my last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to know, to have or to experience before they lose the body? Um, that even if we do come back again, you're not going to come back again in this same configuration. So live life to the fullest now. Yeah. Um, don't take life so seriously. None of us are getting out if it's alive. And everybody has someone, something to contribute. So give it away today. So before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Everything is over on dreamwithdan.com. That's the best place to do everything. Okay, very simple. I'll have the link on your podcast profile too. Easy to find. It is Dream with Dan, of course. <laughs> I'll have the but I'll have the link as well. So thank you so much again and we'll talk soon. Definitely. Bye for now then. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Daniel Mangana and his work, please visit dreamwithdan.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.